Hello, and welcome to the Convos with Kayla podcast. On this podcast, I will be sharing what God has been teaching me lately while also featuring guests on the show. This is a relaxed place to feel like you're having a cup of coffee or tea and talking about Christian lifestyle with vulnerability, challenging ourselves on our beliefs and actions as believers of Jesus, growing deeper in scripture, sharing testimonies of God's faithfulness, and exploring how we can grow deeper in love with our King while living for His glory. Make sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the episode. Today's episode is a Convos Devos and it is from the section in Psalm 119 called Bet. So this section is based on the meaning of the purity of life and the meditation on God's word. So the verse for today is Psalm 119, 9 through 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from my from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes and I will not forget your word. So the main theme in the bet section of Psalm 119 is the purity of life. And you may wonder, how can we live a pure life? We hear all the time in church of, you know, living in purity and do this for purity. But truly, what does it mean to live in a pure life? And so this question is the one we're kind of going to break down all throughout today's episode. So each line of the section of Psalm 119 begins with the Hebrew letter bet. This Hebrew letter means house. So some have suggested that this section tells us how to make our heart a home for the word of God, especially as each verse begins with this meaning. And I would say I would totally agree with this type of way of thinking, especially with how often the psalmist talks about storing God's word in your heart, delighting in his testimonies and meditating on his word. It just comes across in a way that we need to truly make our heart the home of you know, the place that the Lord resides in. And how are we going to do that? We meditate on his word. We delight in his word. We just store his word up in his heart, in our hearts, sorry. Um, And so this section begins with the verse explaining how the young can keep his way pure, which is by guarding it according to God's words. And how are you going to keep yourself pure if you don't even know God's words? So the temptation is to handle God's word strictly from an intellectual viewpoint rather than to apply it to our immediate circumstances. But this verse in Psalm 119 takes on a special meaning for the believer who is trying to apply the word of God daily to their lives. In James 1.22 also helps us apply the word of God in which it says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. In Psalm 63, 1, when David was in the wilderness, he cried, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there's no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. So we are to spend our very first moments of the day and our very last moments of the day with the Lord. We are to put on the full armor of God as Ephesians 6 talks about and to equip ourselves for the temptations, trials, and battles of life. 
Another way that we can do what the word says and earnestly seek him is to grow in the discipline of memorizing scripture. This honestly is a practice that I have been trying to grow in in this year of 2023. And am I perfect at it? No. (laughs) But there have already been times where I have hidden his word in my heart. And then when I felt tempted to sin or I'm struggling with his words, um, believing his words, then instantly his truth comes to mind. And in Psalm 119, verse 12, the psalmist prays that the Lord will instruct him in the word, that he might be given discernment and understanding to rightly appropriate and apply the truth of God in his life. Prayer and praise to the Lord are also essential for the daily well-being of the soul. We are also to die to ourselves and lay down our pride on a daily basis. We're to lay down our pride of thinking that we are right or trying to live in our own strength to show that we know what we're doing. But we are to lay that down to then depend upon God and live in his holiness and his wisdom. God's word is a treasure worth laying up in heaven, as Matthew 6, 19 says, and continuing in verse 20, which says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When we seek his word as the treasure of our hearts, we may oppose sin by living in God's precepts. So we can see by looking at this passage in scripture that both attitudes and actions are involved. Let me say that again. Both attitudes and actions are involved. They work together. We also see that we need to hunger and thirst for the intimacy of a daily walk with our Savior and to desire not to stray away from the truth of God. So I want to ask you all a convicting question that I'd really encourage you to really sit back and think about. Do you thirst and hunger for the intimacy with him? Like a newly married couple who is still in their honeymoon stage, they can't get enough of each other. They long to be with each other every single second of every single day. Do you feel that way about the Lord? Do you spend time in his word and then have to go somewhere, but you continue to just desire to spend time with him and have that close connection with him throughout the day? If you're not obsessed with Jesus in this way, can I challenge you to start praying for that desire? And prayer is so powerful that I promise you, if you start praying to have that desire for him to be your obsession, to be the one that you hunger and thirst for, I know he will grant you that gift. So since purity is talked about all throughout this passage, I wanted to study more on what it means to have a pure heart. And I use the commentary, seriously, one of my favorite commentaries called Enduring Word. And this is what Enduring Word says. The path of purity is that of caution conditioned by the word of God. God's words show us the blessings of purity and gives us an incentive to make the necessary sacrifices. God's word shows us the way to be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we have the spiritual resources to be pure. God's word is a refuge against temptation, giving us a way of escape in the season of enticement. God's word is a light that clears away the deceptive fog of seduction and temptation. God's word is a mirror that helps us see our spiritual and moral condition and thus walk in purity. God's word gives us wise and simple commands such as to flee youthful lust in 2 Timothy 2.22. God's word washes us from impurity and actually cleanses our life in a spiritual sense, as Ephesians 5.26 says and John 15.3. God's word is the key to the renewing of our minds, which in turn is the key to personal, moral, and spiritual transformation, as Romans 12.1-2 says. 
God's word gives a refuge against condemnation when we have been impure and shows us how to repent and come back to pure life. God's word shows us how to conduct our lives so that we are an encouragement to others in purity. So Jesus spoke specifically of the power of his word to cleanse and keep us pure. In John 15, 3, it says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And in John 17, 17, it talks about being sanctified by his truth and that his word is truth. The impact is clear. If you want to cleanse your way, then you must also take heed according to God's word. This idea is communicated in Proverbs 2, 10 through 12. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil and from the man who speaks perverse things. So jumping down to verse 10, it says, With my whole heart I have sought you. This reminds us that scripture was no mere textbook to the psalmist. It was how he sought and met with God. Charles Spurgeon says this, His heart had gone after God himself. He had not only desired to obey his laws, but to commune with this person. In verse 11, the psalmist knew the value of taking God's word and hiding it in his heart. It is hidden in the sense that it is on the inside where no one can see it, but it is safe so that no one can take it away. Enduring Word says, We can be assured that before this word was hidden in his heart, it was received in his mind. The psalmist heard and read the word of God and thought about it continually until it became ingrained in both his mind and his heart. And I felt very convicted by that because I want to be a woman of God who hides his word so fiercely in my heart that it literally is ingrained in me. That literally when I read it, I think about it continually throughout the day. Charles Spurgeon says the psalmist placed the word in his innermost soul as his dearest delight. And however others might transgress, his aim was after holiness, that I might not sin against thee. And I just thought that was such a beautiful picture and a beautiful way to describe what the psalmist is writing here. That in his innermost soul is his dearest delight. And his dearest delight is the word of God. So is God's word, is spending time with him, is having that intimacy with your father, your dearest delight. Or the other things of this world, social media, the things you're watching, the music you're listening to, your friends, your family, your job, your education, is that your dearest delight? Verse 15 shows that the greatness of God's word has led the psalmist to great resolution for his life. His life will be filled with God's word in his mind, which he'll meditate and contemplate, in his heart, which is his delight, and in his habits, which he will not forget but live it out. So as we reflect on these particular aspects of walking in these ancient paths, quote, quote, we need but refer to the example of our Savior. To recall how he held the sword of the Spirit in his encounter with Satan in the temptation of the wilderness. He who was the word of God, of God incarnate did not hesitate to quote the word of God in order to turn aside the thrust of the tempter. Surely if the eternal word so used the Bible... How much more is it essential for us sinners, saved by grace, to use it as well? In the gospel records, time and time again, we read of Jesus early before the break of day, often alone, communing with his heavenly Father. 
and the great mystery within the covenant of redemption, wherein God the Son subjected himself unto the Father in order to accomplish our salvation, we hear him praising and thanking the Father time and time again. And that was found on a website called Desiring God. So do we understand how vital it is for our spiritual well-being to be giving praise and thanksgiving to our Heavenly Father every day? How very easy it is to give in to the ways of the devil when we lose our sense of dependence upon the Almighty God and become proud and self-sufficient. If the truth were known, how often are these attitudes at the root of our hearts and at the root of the heartbreaking falls and failures within the church? So let's not be a part of that. Let's chase after the Lord with full abandon, completely and wholeheartedly surrendered to him. So the golden nugget today is this. No redeemed child of God can afford to neglect time every day when he chews on the word of God, turning it over in his heart and mind and thinking about it, applying the will and the way of the Lord for his own life. The real issue is not how many times I go through the word, but rather how many times the word goes through me. And this actually made me think about my goats that I had a few years ago. Yes, as many of you know, um, or probably don't know, I should say, I used to live on a little hobby farm in the mountains of Colorado. My family and I had goats, and I was the one who took care of the goats. And the thing about goats that is actually quite disgusting that I'm going to share is <laughs> the goats would, you know, they would take part in their food, and they would chew, and they would chew, and they chew, and chew, and it's like, okay you've chewed it enough. You can swallow it now. Then they would eventually swallow it. But as they would be standing right next to you sometimes, honestly, it was really gross and smelled nasty. Not that you need to know that, but they would be standing next to you and all you hear is this sound in their throat. And you know, now that they've spit this food back up into their mouth and they're chewing their cud, which means that they're chewing it again and then they swallow it. And I know that's quite a nasty illustration, (laughs) but I believe that the Lord wants us to do the same with his word, Um, not in the sense of throwing it up, but in the sense of let's take his words, let's partake in those and let's chew and chew and chew and chew and digest it and then chew and chew and chew some more. So basically the golden nugget for today is be a goat. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) And part of the golden nugget today as well that I want to leave you all with is a question that I encourage you to ponder and really think about this week. How are you living in discipline in your walk with God? And remember to pray this week to have that desire of deep intimacy with God throughout the day. An intimacy that is so deep that you can't stop thinking about him, talking about him, and wanting to serve him and just be with him all the time. That your beloved of your soul would become the obsession of your life. So I'm going to pray us out and then I'll give a song suggestion as well to end this Devo today. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I praise you that we can have your words to hold near to our hearts every single day. May we never take advantage of that, Lord, but see it truly as a gift and a gift that we need to hold and to behold and be thankful for every day. Lord, would you just help us to grow in hiding the word in our hearts? Would you give us this diligent and discipline to take the steps that we need to take to memorize your word? And then in times of temptation, Lord, would you bring your words back to our minds so that we can speak them out as a sword of the spirit. Thank you for being the beloved of our souls and thank you for being our wonderful counselor. And I pray that you would become the obsession of our hearts today, Lord. In Jesus name, amen. 
So the two songs that I want to give you all for um, ending this Devo are a new song and an old song. Um, so this new song is by Carrie Joe, and it's called Your Nature. It wrecks me. I just learned about it last night. Shout out to the friend who showed it to me. Um, but then also an older 2000 song, and it's called Everything by Lifehouse. That song also wrecks me. So I am praying that you all were encouraged by this Devo, this Convo Devo, um, that you have taken these words to heart and that you'll take them to the Lord most importantly and test them. Test them with scripture. Don't just take my words by it, but truly test these words um, through through the lens of God's word. And I just pray that you all would be convicted by these things. So if this episode convicted you, challenged you, encouraged you, any of that good stuff, I ask that you would just send it to your family and friends, um, that you would follow on Spotify, you'd subscribe on Apple Podcasts, give a review, and I will talk to you guys next week. All right, bye.